Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast where, well, Charlie talks about action movies that he loves when he's a kid, and I talk about action movies that I've seen once or twice pretty much the most for the most part, and then and then we talk about how they were pretty good for the for the most part. Charlie, what's up, bud? That was extremely accurate for some reason. Ah, well, you know. I, I, if if I can't go for a uh, silky smooth voice and entertaining, I'll go for accuracy from now on. I think that works. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, first of all, this is the 11th episode of the series. Give me back my action movies. You hopefully will hear a little bit of a difference in audio right now as I have now acquired a new microphone and Charlie should be up and running by the next episode. So hopefully... We're, we're gearing towards there. We're getting towards uh, a lot better uh, audio and a tighter product. So for those of you that stuck with us, thank you. I know the audio wasn't the best, <laughs> but we're getting there. But our content is solid. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. But damn it, we're trying. We're real nice fellows. That's true. That's true. So today's episode, obviously, if you can read, which obviously you can because you're able to hit this button. Today's episode is Dark Man. <laughs> so uh <laughs> so this one came to fruition because dan wanted something different i did i just wanted a little uh, something a little different a, a little uh different flavor on the palate yeah so yeah. he he wanted to get away from the arnold's the stallones the van dams and you're you know what what everyone thinks of with action movies so i had watched a youtube video uh, Sludge turned me on to these things. It's called Marvelous Videos. And they did, a, a few weeks ago, uh, a Darkman kind of uh, video about all the Darkman movies. And I watch it. It's awesome. And it just got me going like, I really want to watch Darkman again. I probably watch it once a year, twice a year. And then it dawns on me. I'm like, this is an action movie. This is a superhero movie. This is a movie I think is different enough that I'm going to see what Dan says. And I suggested it. And surprisingly enough, he went, yep, sure, let's do it. Well, I hadn't seen this movie probably since 92, 91, when it came out. Actually, I probably saw it on video, what, the year after it came out? Back That's then, it I, took about a year or so to get to video, really? I was, I was actually months. trying to look that up because I remember... If it was a popular movie, they stayed in the theater forever, it felt like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but VHS kind of rolled around, I want to say, like, nine months to 12 months later. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so... I, I might have even seen this on, like, HBO or something, but I know it was definitely not a theater film. No, I was 10 when this came out, so there was no way my mom was letting Dad take me to go see Dark Man. The, what I consider the very first rated R superhero. It was, yeah, it was, so we're getting into a little bit of the history of Darkman, but yeah, Darkman is, is definitely a dark, no pun intended, superhero film. Yeah. There's a lot of elements that were drawn from other source material, and we were getting into that as well, Yeah, uh, that made Darkman what it was. So let me go ahead and spit out some of the statistics as I am wont to do. Yeah. Dark man. The estimated budget for this was $14 million. It's opening weekend in the U S and Canada 
approximately, uh, it was uh, August 26th, 1990. It came out on the 24th, but the weekend was the 26th. Uh, it did 8054860 The gross in the U.S. and Canada was 33878502 and the gross worldwide was 48878502 So for a $14 million film, worldwide grossed $48 million. I mean... Not yeah, spec- pretty good. It's pretty good, but not spectacular. Well, um, it did almost three. T- it, it did what three times its budget? It did three times its budget, but that ain't bad, man. I there was a review I read, and I couldn't put this any better. Was the movie without an audience when this movie came out? Well, this movie, the the success of this movie was the marketing. Yes. I remember I everyone was asking who's Dark Man, who's Dark Man, who's Dark I remember watching an episode of Arsenio Hall one night. <laughs> that dates you. Um where he <laughs> he came out and he was like, Hey everyone, I'm Dark Man. And that, yeah. I mean that was part of his monologue. So it's like that is what I think got people in the theaters to see it. I don't know if Dark Man would have done so well in a modern era because of you know, internet, social media, and such. Everyone be like, back then, who was Darkman? I don't know. Whatever. You know, Liam Neeson, who obviously stars as Darkman in this, was relatively he unknown. He was semi unknown. This is technically his first action movie. Yeah. The- so, based on that, too, there was a lot of mystery of who was Darkman. I remember that when I was younger. I'm like, who the hell is this Darkman guy? You know, um, so I-, I think that really helped more than anything. I mean, coming off of that, we can kind of touch a little bit on what we talk about, like when we remember this movie. So you remember it based on the marketing, the Arsenio Hall, that kind of stuff. So I told you I had a pretty strong attachment to this movie when we were first talking about it. You know, we need a sound. We we need a sound bed for when you start getting nostalgic. We, you know, obviously that's what we need. The Wayne, the Wayne's World. But okay, so everyone jump in the wayback machine with with Charlie when he was just little, little, little Charlie Chase. Well, you're not wrong. Back on the side of the mountain. The the movie came out in '90, so I was 10 years old when this movie came out. I saw the trailers. I saw everything. You know, again, after like eight, nine o'clock at night, you got to see these. We're coming off of Batman fever in 89. I, I watched Batman when it came out dark as hell, loved it. So I saw the trailer for this and I'm already amped at 10 years old. Did you see Batman in the theater? Yeah. Okay. Good man. Yeah. No, it was, uh, was it PG 13 or was it actually Mm. PG? I'll look it up. If you give me a second, look it up. Yeah. But uh, no, I saw it in theater, and I I even got it for Christmas as soon as it was on VHS. I yeah, um, I too. yeah, I had the action figures, everything. Mm-hmm. So, Dark Man, the reason this movie sticks so much into my core is nineteen ninety one. My mom, we had the the Bristol Mall out here. I think I've took you to it when you were up here. Is that the one that's all closed down now? Yeah, the, the theater was down in the lower part. It flooded, and so that was shut down, but there was only like three stores open. I think the last time we were there, they had a little radio-controlled car that, set that's up, it. And, and they jumped a car into a and bank, into like a wall. Yeah, so they had that whole part right in front of the old theater. Yeah. So when I was a kid, the mall was the place to go. So mom would go there. I don't even know if it was once a month. 
she would go to this woman's clothing place. And obviously 11 year old Charlie has no desire to do that. Across the way was a B Dalton book. And those of you our age may remember B Dalton's in the uh, malls. I was allowed to go over there, look at books and don't leave that store. So mom's like, stay there, look at whatever you want. So I would go into the B Dalton store and this was, 91, and you'll know why I remember it so well. I look at my books, I do my normal peruse, and then I go to the magazine rack. Lo and behold, there is an issue on the magazine rack of Fangoria. And on the cover of this magazine is Total Recall with the eyeballs bulging out of uh, (laughs) Schwarzenegger's face. (laughs) You want to talk about something that imprints an image on your brain was seeing not only a Fangoria magazine, because it, it that was almost like, I, I know I'm not allowed to look at this. I'm not allowed to watch these movies. So you're like, you're looking to see if mom can see you. And you're like, I want to pick that magazine up. Do they still make Fangoria? I think they've had a resurgence. When, I think the same company made them made like, what, like Starlog? So I used to get yeah, Starlog. I think they did Starlog. Yeah. So I pick up this copy. And you're staring at, you know, Schwarzenegger's face with eyeballs. It could have been the other bad guy, though, too. It it was that grotesque. Up in the top corner said, Dark Man's Face Revealed. And it was the unbandaged face of Dark Man. The the meat, the skin, everything. And I'm like, okay, the Total Total Recall thing is actually scaring me a lot. But I start looking at the Dark Man one. And I'm flipping through the pages, looking over, flipping through the pages, and I'm looking at everything. I'm taking it all in. I'm loving this sci-fi stuff. And it says the next month's issue was going to be the Dark Man issue. So I can't wait to go back to the store. Some reason we did end up going back the next month. And there is the issue of Fangoria, number 96, September 1990. So actually, Fangoria came out in 90, so I was 10. There is Dark Man on the full page spread for everyone to see on the magazine rack. And so, that, what you're t- so what you're telling me is you got that magazine, you went right to the centerfold. Guaranteed. This was, this was better than Playboy. <laughs> the other part that was like made me remember this magazine so much in that same issue was an article on RoboCop 2. And it had the picture of Kane's brain with the eyeballs mm-hmm. and the spine hanging down in the glass jar. That burned an image into my brain right there. That that just paved away for me. One year later, this is the 91 part. I had a Nintendo. We got everyone got those little cards that wanted you to subscribe to Nintendo Power. Mm-hmm. I got the Nintendo Power um, number 27, August 1991, that had the Dark Man video game in it. It had the maps. I don't don't remember Dark Man video games. Oh, dude. NES video game. I rented the crap out of this thing. I had the maps. I knew the characters, which was Polly, Skip, Rick, Smiley, Durant. I knew the names. I... I would draw Dark Man, you know, just as in school, just drawing, drawing. Never seen this movie. Drawing it, loving this thing. 
I knew what Darkman was before I ever watched the movie, which I don't think I actually watched till I was like 13, which was right about the age. I think if I, if I'm remembering it right, because these two movies I had to have watched super close together was, I remember watching army of darkness with dad, dad had rented it. Dad is not a horror movie guy. I, I know I've said it here before. So the trailer for army of darkness, well, army of darkness isn't, it, it it is the third movie. Is it's not a horror movie though, really? It's not. It's really not. It's more of an action movie or an so, adventure movie, really. Yeah. yeah. So Dad rented it, and matter of fact, I think it's only PG thirteen, if I remember right. Be, Batman is, by the way. Batman is PG thirteen. Yes. So yeah, pretty pretty dark. I mean, it fits. So I remember watching Army of Darkness without knowing what Evil Dead was. I'd never seen it before, and loved that movie. And for some reason, dad had in his head that, okay, same director, Sam Raimi, he remembered the trailers for Darkman, and I want to say we rented it like a couple weeks after. Army of Darkness was rated R, sir. Was it R? Mm Mm-hmm. They drop the F-bomb in that, don't they? Mm, Yes. There's no blood in that movie at all, I don't think. Well, I mean, there there's a modicum of like you know Bruce Campbell's face is is bloodied up a little. He's bit. He's bloodied up, but I even think when they kill they're not the dead, like they're not like lopping heads off and throwing it on the steps or anything like that. Silly, no. Even when they killed the uh, deadite witch in the pit, I don't think it's blood that comes flying up out of there, or it was like goo or something. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's yeah. It's, so yeah, I, I I know I remember watching that with Dad, loving it. We you talk about a movie that didn't make any money either. I'm just looking at that. No, it didn't. People didn't know what to think with it, but dad went and rented dark man. And I already knew dark man. I knew this movie. You couldn't tear me away from that movie. I was glued to it. Loved every second of it. It was probably my favorite superhero movie beside Batman, not above, not below beside Batman growing up. Um, that's that's my memory of this and why this movie is so ingrained into my brain is it, it's just my favorite. It is literally one of my favorite dark action who movies. Well, Dark Man, now that everyone knows why Charlie loves Dark Man and that he was a <laughs> connoisseur of it before he saw the film, let's listen to the trailer. Who? No foolish heroics, if you please. Is Dark Man. They destroyed everything he had. All that he loved. Everything that he was. Now... Crime has a new enemy, and justice has a brand new face. I was afraid that you wouldn't want me anymore. Of course I still want you. The good news is that I know who's behind our little troubles of late. Finish it. He has the power to look like any man. They threw a boss of witches! But he is unlike any man. I gotta tell you something about me. He's a cockroach. Think you're killing? And he pops up someplace else. In the darkest hour. Julie, who's the real man, 
a light that shines on every human being. But one. From director Sam Raimi. Dark Man. That is one late 80s, early 90s ass trailer too. I say. love that. I love it. And such a Batman flavor to it. Uh, Universal knocked it out of the park for at least promoting this movie. Just just flat out. Well. <laughs> or was it Paramount? Paramount or Universal? Uh, Universal, I want to say. I'm like 99.9% Universal. Let me look real quick for you. Could be both. Uh, like I said, I'm 99% Universal at this one. Uh, do, 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 do. give me a second. I'm looking. Uh, Renaissance Universal. Universal. Okay. Which and, makes uh, a lot of a lot filmed, of sense. Filmed uh, in California, LA, uh, USA, sir. It. I. It's probably why Sam could get away with such a homage to some early Universal monster flavor. Which yes, this so, movie has in spades. Absolutely. Or... Let's go ahead and touch on some of the. Let's touch on some of the um, Easter eggy things. Some of the homage like you can tell, like there was a dash of this, a dash of that that got entered in there. Let's talk about those things real quick, and then you can start talking about a little bit of the history yeah. of Dark Man. So, one of the things, obviously. If you've seen Dark, first of all, if you haven't seen Dark Man in a while, no big deal. I hadn't seen it, I guess, like I said, since about 91 or two. Um, but there's a real heavy noir uh, feel to this movie. Dark Man ends up um, long with a black. First of all, everyone wears trench coats in this movie. Half the budget of this movie was trench coats, I think. Uh, there's trench coats over trench coats yeah, in this it's, movie. It's, this this should have been called trench coat the movie. I love so it. uh he's wearing a long black trench coat with like the also it's got like the exterior shoulder like um like um rain slicker portion yeah. attached to it. it. It's it's like a mix of a duster, you know, like yeah, that like really old, overdone like Yeah, almost like that old school uh Sherlock Holmes looking one that he wears with the exterior yeah over the shoulders that and like, and a, and a fedora and he finds it in a dumpster. Yes. He finds it in a dumpster in the middle of a rainstorm. So <laughs> he wears that. And then everyone else wears um, long coats as well. Yes. Uh, but that a lot of bandage over the face, uh, yep. you know, and, and because he, well, he gets, he gets blowed up. <laughs> he gets his face melted off and he gets blowed up. Yeah. So he has a lot of bandages over the face. So there's a lot of elements of invisible man. Yeah in the character design of that. Um, when you see the face without the bandaging and stuff, there's a lot of uh, Phantom of the Opera. Oh, hundred percent. But there's a lot of shots in this too, with the, the character design, the makeup design of the face from the cover of evil dead or uh, evil dead two. Is it evil dead two? Yeah. With the skull in the front of it. Yeah. That's I think the one that's the skull in the front. Yeah. I think that's the one that did the skull. In the so front. there's a lot of that. I think when I see that, I feel that I, and I go, Oh yeah, absolutely. You can see the correlations in there. Oh yeah. Those, there's, there's three big elements right there. All kind of, you know, in the in a big pot, you know, just squished together kind of thing. And I mean, that's just taking the, 
visual character. Yeah, just the visual character design. So himself, there is. If you, I mean, since we're on the track of like the universal monster kind of thing, is he's very Jekyll and Hyde in this movie. Uh, when he's like in regular face, he's tries to be somewhat calm, but if he gets triggered, it's like straight up Jekyll coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, Hulk, incredible Hulk. Yeah, you yeah. you get this rage, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about later, and then you get like the aesthetics all around him are very frankenstein you know with the lab and the electricity the 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 vat that he gets electrocuted and like melted in there's like big electrodes coming Mm -hmm. off of it sam just took everything he probably loved as a kid that influenced him and was like well i we know he did because we've read the interviews and he created a character that never existed but felt like it had forever Right. And, and, and part of the reason too was he wanted Batman. He wanted Batman and the shadow. Right. He tried so to he... get a shadow to, uh, I forget what you call it. He had a workup of oh, yeah, doing uh, a shadow. Right. 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 A treatment. treatment. He had a treatment, treatment. of mm-hmm. the shadow and none of the studios would pick it up. And he was one of three or four directors in the running for Batman Lost out to Tim Burton. I don't know if we actually lost on that or I, I feel like I would love to have seen Raimi's take too. You know, give me Burton and Raimi side by side. And I think that would have been something pretty amazing after well, seeing Darkman. I mean, yeah, I to mean, see you, what he did with Darkman. Once you see Darkman, you get a real good sense of what he would have done with Batman. I think he would have toned it down. A little bit, though. Yeah, Darkman is very cartoony in a lot of aspects, yes. in a lot of ways. Yes, and uh, you know, get into when we when we do our our uh, ratings and stuff like that. Get into it more, but there are definite elements of that where you look at it and you see he comic booked the hell out of it uh, in certain aspects, certain he, things he did, and uh, that's Raimi's style, though. You and know it's Raimi style. You I mean, can, you saw it in Spider-Man. Yeah. All the influences from Evil Dead forward to when he did Spider-Man, you know when a Ra- when Raimi does a movie, or if Raimi even produces a movie, there's some flavor in there. Now, we, If you read into the, you know, read some of the articles and stuff like me and Dan have, it, it he tells everyone that he had Bruce Campbell originally in mind. And the studio didn't have faith in Bruce carrying this type of movie. But you can definitely tell in the writing style, that's who he had in mind. So you can picture like oh, yeah. Ash from Evil Dead. I'd say Evil Dead 2, two. more than the first one. Yeah. yeah, Two and Army of Darkness. Yeah, but this is before those Army of Darkness. Right, but those so, two character styles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very much so. So... You can tell it was wrote for a specific actor, yet Liam Neeson kills it. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I, I even have a hard time picturing. This is going. This is weird. He is the perfect dark man. Although I absolutely love Arnold Voslo in the sequels, he is like the perfect replacement. If we couldn't get Bruce Campbell, which was the intent at the end of this movie. Well, with with Darkman, <clears throat> again, like I said, I'll, I'll 
get into it more towards the end of the reviews. But Liam Neeson in this movie overacts his ass off. And yeah, it works because of it being the way that it was written, filmed, and put together. Like if if it wouldn't have been if the the if the visuals and stuff wouldn't have been over the top, if the way it was edited and put together wouldn't have been the way it was done, then the overacting itself wouldn't have worked. It would have been like cheese. It would have been super cheese and bad. But because yeah. of the way that they put it all together, you see you you see what he was trying to do. The the other thing that helps is it wasn't just Liam Neeson overacting in this either. No, they were all there, pretty over the, the top. The, um, the <laughs> main, main bad guy at the end is very over the top villain. Yep. Julie kind of overdoes she, her roles. Actually, the most composed one is Durant um, in well, the movie. His, yeah, his character is very um, sullen and very... Uh, that's sullen. I would say controlled. I have always yeah, thought he, of Durant very as very he, even keel. He doesn't let things get under his skin. Like I, I don't think he even yells until like the end. And I think it's because he's on the helicopter. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit. It's a little bit like, um, um, the character from shoot 'em up, uh, Paul Giamatti's character where he's supposed to be very composed and, yeah, and even thinking and straight across the board type of thing, but Durant is even more so right because Giamani slowly starts to lose it at the end of Shoot 'Em Up because Clive, right. Clive is the calmest one in that movie. He never, you know, like overdoes anything. He's very he talks the same tone. It's Giamani that you see slowly getting driven mad. Durant, you can tell, gets irritated more and more. But he's still that even, cool, mm-hmm. cold, calculating killer. Um, I And to me, Durant is probably in one of my top ten villains also when it comes to action movies. Um, Larry Drake nailed it. I, I don't care what anyone says about him as a villain. The uh, Yeah, he, he delivered exactly what Raimi was going for with this movie. 100%. He delivered that 100%. Well, and the best part in my reading, I didn't watch it. I think um, Larry Drake played a, I got to use the right word, um, mm-hmm. uh, a character a bit incapacitated mentally. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it was Law and Order or some show like that. Mm-hmm. And that's really all he was kind of known for. And for Raimi to see him being able to carry this type of character through. Um, I see a lot of vision. So I'm sure the auditions, he was like, okay, I know you from this. Here's your lines. Here's kind of the, what I'm looking for. Sell, you know, sell me up, you know, down to the, taking the fingers off with the cigar cutter, just the way he delivers everything. Hey, he's part, one of, yeah, that was, that part's wild. Honestly. I love that. Uh, you you didn't expect it as no. a kid, thirteen years old, and I, I watched this movie, you know, Wednesday with a- Anthony preparing for it. Jackie was too tired to stay up, and I'm like, well, I got to watch it. Uh, Anthony's out of school, so I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this movie. Let's watch it. 
he couldn't take his eyes off this movie. And I would look at him at certain points, like the, the wooden leg and watch him laugh. And then the fingers where he's taking the one guy's fingers off and he's like point one, point two. He gets ready to cut the third finger and he goes, I have seven more points. And the guy loses his mind. Anthony's just like, holy crap. <laughs> just that thought yeah. of that imagining was, what that, that would cool feel line. like. Oh, I love that line. That was a cool line. Did you know, by the way, that he was also in the Karate Kid? The first one? Mm-hmm. He was uh, listed as Yahoo number one. <laughs> Yahoo number one? Good luck who the hell that was and what scene that was in. So if anyone sees that and can pick him out, let us know in the group where that was in Karate Kid 1. Yeah, because aren't all the Cobra Kai characters figured out? Because they were all in the show recently. Yeah, but I don't think... Yeah, I don't think he they were is. named. Yeah, I don't think he's one of the Cobra Kai's. I think he's just Yahoo number Yahoo one. number one. Whatever the hell that means. Interesting. It is indeed. So we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to get into the movie a little bit more by uh, proper, I guess you could say. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to uh, play a few of the clips like we always like to do. We are going to get into the world famous body count and world famous Ali Yong bit he's world famous sir he is indeed and we will also talk about one other very popular henchman who makes an appearance in this film yes <laughs> yes say, yeah. I do yeah all right and then we will finish it up when we come back on give me back my action movies <laughs> Hey everyone, me again. I just wanted to let you know real quick that I also co-host another podcast, a weekly podcast called the Noka News Network. I'm Ricky. I also co-host the Noka News Network podcast with you, Dan. I know you snuck in here on this one, didn't you? Yes, I did. Everyone, we appreciate everybody listening to Give Me Back My Action Movies, obviously. But if you'd like to listen to news that no one cares about, then check us out at Noka News Network. Ricky, where can they find us? We're on Spotify, we're on uh, Apple Music, we're or, or iTunes Podcasts, however that Whatever works. it's called. However that works. And you can check us out on Facebook as well, and you can always email us over at newsroom at nokanews.com, and uh, check us out over there. We're having that's, a good time, Ricky. That's true. We're posting the podcast to our YouTube channel, too, so if you'd rather watch it that way, it's over there. Just search Noka News Network. And, and enjoy the news that no one cares about. It's a good time. I promise. Hmm. all right everyone welcome back to give me back my action movies today we're talking about the movie dark man and uh sam raimi's um well the hell with you i don't want your damn batman and the shadows i'll make my own batman shadow um mix up called dark man you know you gotta say that the studio had to have a crap ton of faith in Raimi to even green light a movie like this there was zero like comic book backing for this you know there was no history of this character because it was brand new he was the evil dead guy which were more popular underground horror movie mm -hmm. um, 
for Universal to go, yeah, man, go for it. Here's 13, 14 million dollars. 14 million bucks. Have a good time. Yeah. And uh, I know reading it there, you know, this obvious production wasn't without its headaches or strife or they edited it and they re-edited it. And then it, it, I don't, while Raimi speaks kindly of it, he doesn't speak of it often. So trying to figure out if he's actually proud of it. And it's also probably the reason why we've never gotten a, he wasn't involved in the sequels and oh, really? I don't know yeah. it, 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 uh, I'd have to look it up, but someone else took over those. They did it. It feels like that universe though. They, they paid on, you know, homage to what Raimi built. Well, and obviously point, Larry Drake was the only actor that even carried oh, over yeah. to the other movies. Well, here at this point, when he made dark man, the only two that anyone, unless you're a big Raimi fan would have heard of was evil dead and evil dead two, which is essentially the same movie. Um, yeah, they made the second one cause they didn't have the rights to the first one. They lost the rights. Yeah. So when they gave him $14 million to do dark man, all he had really done was, um, an Iggy pop video, uh, evil dead one and two essentially. And then a few, shorts that's all he had done as a director when he was given the range to do dark man and not only like you said was it 14 million dollars to do it but it was directly his idea his creation his world no, like you said no comic backing no no anything you know no. i don't remember there were any being any toys for this uh i don't think they did no. toys now no. they they did release a comic line when right. the movie came out Right. So there are 1990 dark mans that kind of, I think it's supposed to kind of fill in a few of the gaps. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back through my collection. I know I've got a few dark man floating around. And you know, in all honesty, he did, he didn't direct a whole lot. He did the dark man, an army of darkness, the quick and the dead, a simple plan for love of the game, the gift, the three Spider-Man movies, one, two, and three. Yeah. He did Drag Me to Hell in 2009. That's Oz awesome. the Great oh, and Powerful in 2013. He did a few TV series episodes, one of them being Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Obviously. Uh, he did some more short stuff, and he's got, um, in pre-production, is the King Killer Chronicle announced is World War Three, and, of course, the post-production on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. So as a director, Raimi, he doesn't have a ton of credits, honestly. He really doesn't. And we were talking about this the other day was you, when you start reading it, you figure out that Raimi has a lot of friends. Like he's really good friends with the Cohen brothers. He's got a lot of producing credits. Um, One of the Cohens is actually married to Francis McDormand, who plays uh, Julie in the movie. Julie. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, yes, and, and she's most notably known from Fargo. Yeah, um, I've seen it. That's best yeah. I can tell you. Yeah. I, you got me beat. Uh, yeah, no, so, I didn't see it. There are some movies that everyone raves about, and then I'll watch it, and I'll be like, yeah, okay, I watched it. So, Darkman, the movie itself, again, I will bring up the fact... And by the time we get to the 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 
rating system, you probably have a pretty good idea of how I feel about the movie. The you movie, can't tell by his tone. No, You'll no. start understanding his... The movie is cheesy. The movie is hokey and cheesy. And what I will say is, if it wasn't Sam Raimi, and you knew that's how he does these things, then it would have been very, very schlocky. But 100%. because you know that Raimi is able to turn that plastic yellow neon cheese into a delicious dipping sauce. That's what you got on this. And we're going to start off the movie with Durant going up to some other gangsters. And oh, yeah. these, these gangsters, I'll play you a couple clips from the interaction. Durant. He, co- he comes up to Eddie Black. He, Eddie Black. Durant doesn't say anything. No. Until, like you said, the, the cutting off the finger bit here. So this will give you a little bit of the let, give you some dialogue that'll show let, you the cheese. Let me do this real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I really want to sell the cheese. Oh, your, yeah. your most generic waterfront warehouse scene. Yes, yes. Durant's guys pull up in sedans of mm-hmm. four-door Fords. I'm pretty sure that Raimi's Delta 88 that's in every movie he does is somewhere in this scene. Very um, BS uh, bad guy cars. Every stereotypical bad guy on the Eddie Black crew that you mm-hmm. could imagine. Every one of them have machine guns. Every mm-hmm. one of them has shotguns, handguns, pistols. There's everyone's like, wearing long coats. Long coat or flannel. Or flannel, yeah. yes. Yes. And... There's like 30 guys. The the very classic hoodlum street tough look. Yes. So that pic, you know, paint that picture in your brain and then listen to the clip. I got three things to say to you, Durant. One, I ain't selling my property. Two, nobody muscles Eddie Black, especially a bunch of dates. And three, if y'all don't like that, which I can already see you don't, we can cut your balls off. Maybe that'd be more satisfactory to you. <laughs> yeah, dinks. Come on, man. So, if, uh... if it's like, like, not like 1930s and 40s type of dialogue thrown into this movie. I don't know what is. Yeah, I think he may be the only bad guys ever called anyone a dink. So you've got that type of <laughs> that type of projection going on. And one guy shows up, and they've already they've already uh, tossed all their guns. By the way, when they're checking Durant's men for guns, they find guns, brass knuckles. Oh, everything. Oh, I chucks, forgot. I was going to say, I totally sticks. forgot. Everyone has nunchucks. Like, yeah, there's bad guys with nunchucks. They pull out nunchucks that were hidden. Yeah. Nunchucks you everywhere. You don't really see them use them, but they got oh. them. No one uses a nunchuck, but by God, they are on the but floor and there's, them. there's like guys in the back swinging them around, which is just flipping it's hilarious. In, and it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, so they, they get all the weapons, presumably from Durant's people. He's got w- one guy has a, a real bad limp. Yeah. And it comes to find out he has a fake leg. So his name, his name is Skip. Yeah. Skip. He's got the bad leg. So here's, here's a little bit more of this award-winning uh, Velveeta-style dialogue. Bum leg? No leg. I 
was engaged to a girl once with a wooden leg. Yeah? What happened? Had to break it off. Yeah. Every henchman dies laughing, yet Durant's men are just... So, they all kind of have this, like, grin, except for the henchman named Smiley, who always smiles. And I know you know who where you've seen Smiley from. Oh, yeah, it's Raimi's brother. No, that's... No, no, no that's Rick. That's Rick. That's Smiley Rick. is the one that's going to grab the gun. Long oh, hair. Yeah, let me... You... No, don't you look it up. I'm going to have to. No, well, don't you look it up. Okay, so his, he's played his name. The character's name is, or the actor's name is Dan Bell. Uh-huh. Come on, man. Come on. We've all, oh, we've already made a reference in this episode about the movie that he's in. Wayne's World. Yes. He's Neil. Yes. Which one was Neil? He was he's one of the group, right? Yeah, he's not the drunk one or the one that says I love you. He's the other guy. Okay, so he's kind of like the normal of the the three. If you want to use well, that phrase, the, yeah, the the well, what else you going to do? We mean, straight up did the do 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 do. So it's yeah. like, yeah, that's Neil from Wayne's World, man. I mean, that's I see that's him, and that's like that's freaking Wayne's World right there. Yeah, but his when I picked him out, his name is Smiley. That's that's his name in the movie. So they end up having a thing where they kill everyone but uh, Eddie, and that's where and that's where because he counted the I got three things to tell you, you know thing. So that's why Durant pops off his fingers with a cigar cutter and goes after three. He goes, I've got seven more points to make. I, I know we're not a synopsis, but man, so, I, I have to say this: they kill everyone. And they only had a machine gun in the wooden leg until they killed enough guys to pick up the other guns. The The best is the best is the wooden leg. Skip is sitting there jumping up and down after, <laughs> after uh, smiley shoots everybody and then sticks out his right arm like a, like a perch. So skip can grab a hold of it and stand there. Yeah. So everyone's dead. Skip is hopping and smiley standing next to Durant, just kind of holding the gun up. Doesn't see Skip, but hears him and sticks his arm out straight, and Skip grabs hold of it. Have you it noticed, is. Did you, do you notice too? Everyone with a machine gun holds it in their crotch and shoots at everybody. In this uh, movie, it's Smiley, so, it's all of firing. the Vinci's, Yeah, it's they, all they're, they're crotch firing. They put yeah. all the machine guns in their crotch, and they're like with the machine guns. So, like, obviously, they're just beating the crap out of their bean bags at that point. But like, none of one, none of the only person that aims. The only person that aims in the entire movie is um, Durant. Rick. R- Rick, well. Rick <laughs> does the one. Well, he and didn't really. He, he, well, he, well he, it was point he, blank, so, but we'll call it. Yeah, he ventilated the guy. So, we'll call it aiming. Uh, yeah, so, but like the only person that actually uses the sights and aims is Durant in the entire movie. It's hilarious. But this is, this just sets you up for what you're in, in store for in this movie. Yeah, that's, <laughs> the, that's the opening scenes. Of I this movie. love it so much, man. So, so, Dark Man, Liam Neeson's character, is just, he's a scientist. And he's Wesley. trying to make, he's trying to make artificial skin. Um, and he, he, he gets it to the point where after 99 minutes of light, the skin dissolves Yes, in the dark, it would stay. And it takes them a while to figure that out, but they figure yeah. it out in the course of the movie that the power goes out and it, the skin goes past 99 minutes. Right. 
So he is making this. He's work. That's what he's working on, and that's why yeah. he has a lab and all this other stuff. Yeah. His girlfriend is Julie. a. <laughs> is she a lawyer or an accountant? She, she is uh, an attorney. Yeah. So she's working for the bad guy who's trying to make Delta City. I mean, he's trying to make this other city thing. Oh, there are RoboCop flavors in this movie, sir. <laughs> we can't even hide it. He's making Delta City. He's making so, Delta City. He's making this big city of the future. <laughs> and she comes to she comes across this memorandum showing uh, bribes and payouts and yeah. stuff. So the guy's like, I just, you know, yeah, I did it. I don't give a rat's ass. Essentially, is what he tells. He him. was like, so oh, nonchalant about it. Like, yeah, I have to, I have to pay have things to off. If you yeah. have the letter, you know, just leave it here, and I'll make it disappear. And she's like, I don't have it with me. And he's like, well, that's a shame. Yeah. So now he sends Durant to go find the letter. She's not home, but Liam Neeson is. So she was staying at Peyton's apartment, which I guess is right at the lab. And yeah. that's where she had left all the paperwork. Cause he makes that comment that they should get married, live together. Yeah. And she like, ha- she is a weird character. Like, nah. It's and I'm going to dig it. Written character. We got to get past <laughs> that a little bit here, but here in a little bit, it's it gets really weird. It's a weird written character, man. It's, um, it's I think the whole movie's strangely written, honestly. But but it there's, works. There's it, 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 but it does. It's yeah. weirdly written. I'm telling you right now. Here, okay. The movie should be garbage, but it's not. But it works. Yeah. So the uh, so Durant and his men show up. They kill uh liam neeson's assistant yeah and neeson freaks he freaks out well i mean they got his head wrapped in a plastic bag to try and bully him and then he has sam raimi's brother blow a hole through his head point blank he ventilates him just so uh, essentially through all of this they finally find the document and at this point, Liam Neeson's hands have been melted off and electrocuted. His face has yep. been melted, real bad, electrocuted. So then they rig the place with explosive gas, and it just says explosive gas on the canister, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Every canister says exactly what it is. Yeah. Acid, explosive gas. Yeah, very 1960s Batman style. <laughs> and so Duranton leaves a cigarette lighter with the bird. You know the bird that goes uh, has the water in the butt and goes, I think it's just called the drinking bird or something like that. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen Alien, you, you know or what it Aliens, is. you've seen the bird. Yep. So he leaves that in there, and it finally hits the thing and explodes and blows up the thing right as she's getting home, and which is cool. And then you get another big injection of Velveeta as Liam Neeson comes screaming up out of the fire, going, ah, he's getting blown out of the building. It's pretty. He's bad. screaming and goes flying through the air. Into the harbor. Over her head. She doesn't see it, but the whole shot is his body flying over her head while he's screaming and lands in the harbor. Right. And she's just like staring at this blown up bill. Her hair gets, she's close enough. Her hair goes blowing back. But yeah, she's Peyton. Peyton." Yeah, it's it's this whole thing. So he gets blown up. She thinks he's dead. He ends up coming back, but now he doesn't have any sensation any kind of external feeling. He can't feel okay. anything textile wise. So he's found and we, the next time we see him, he's in the hospital and they're treating him like a homeless John Doe. 
he's fully bandaged and the doctor's going over this whole spiel about he's burned over like 90% of his body um, and he would be in insane amount of pain, but they do a procedure where they cut the nerve endings and kill his entire sense of um, sensations, touch, emotion, everything. She, she, she has to even say it causes augmented strength, which comes into play throughout the movie. And it could drive a person mad, which is why he's restrained. And he breaks free of that. His mind kind of comes to, and he breaks the restraints, jumps out the window, and he's gone into the night. If you watch the sequels, the doctor comes back in the third one because she convinces Dark Man that she can reverse the procedure and make him normal again that he can feel but she actually ends up being like in lieu in uh cahoots with the she's the main bad guy she ends up the villain but you're not expecting it um so So, yeah that's how we get dark man that's where the powers come from his insanity everything is because he has zero sensations of anything except like madness so he uses all that and decides that he's now going to go after vengeance and the people that that cause this uh while still trying to perfect and work on the liquid skin so he can basically wear a mask and and look normal because his face is very fan of the opera yeah very holes in the face everything else there's holes you see muscle structure you see part of his skull in his forehead it's think about uh two-face in the dark knight but a lot more Halloween but, rubber mask. <laughs> I'm not going to say that because I think the special effects in this movie hold up. For 90s, okay, but it's super rubber masky. There's there's some super uh, rubber masky. Man, I don't it. know. I, I like, have there, to. There is. There no, is, dude. Come on. There, no. there really is, dude. No. It's, it's super. It, the jawline, the part with the mouths we can see in there, it's super rubber masky. No, I don't. I, I do not agree with that whatsoever. Well, I, I now there's there is one scene though since we can talk about the special effects is when he does make that uh hand when he's trying to copy uh Pauly the bald guy mm-hmm. and he's typing on the computer so you have like the normal hand and then like the burnt skeletal looking flesh on the other hand as he's typing away on the I love that shot I, I just love that here's me normal, here's what I really am underneath, and it's so Sam Raimi. It it just screams Evil Dead in that entire segment. So he he does all that, and he goes after and starts killing them one by one until he can kind of, you know, figure, get his vengeance and such. He builds his lab in an abandoned factory again, which looks like the factory from RoboCop. Yes, it does. I Straight up. And he, during the process of all this, so he finally makes his face and goes back to Julie and tries to work it out with her, but he can only be there for 99 minutes. He's telling her he's going back to the hospital and trying to fix it all. And he's, he's having moments where he has these meltdowns and everything else. And she comes and finally he's like, Hey, cause she sees the face starting to melt. She freaks out and she's like, look, we, You've got to, you know, you should have come to me. We would have worked on this. We would have done it. He just hides from her. She tries to be. So here's where I want to interject this thing about Julie that um, 
She starts dating the main villain. Well, she thought he was dead, dude. She she thought Darkman was dead, and the main villain was smooth and acted like he gave a shit enough. And she had no idea he had anything to do with the, the death. She thought no, it was a lab accident. But he pretty much admitted to bribing. He tells her who Durant is and how bad of a guy Durant actually is. So he's like very like, yeah, I'm Snow a bad baggy. guy. Yeah, he's he's very like I'm the villain in everything he tells her, yet she sleeps with him later. I mean, yeah, we don't she, see that, but he's he's more of a white collar villain at that point. He's like, yeah, I'll bribe people if I have to. Oh, he's I OCP. Guy, I got a I got a guy that will do some a little bit of strong arming when I have to to make this big super city, but he's not like, hey, I'm gonna blow, I'm gonna have people blown up and 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 effing kill him. He doesn't go that far, so she's like. She's distraught. She thought it was a lab accident. He's taking nice care of her. He's helping her out, trying to get yeah. over the grief. They hook it's it up. It's still yeah, just it's, never set well with me because yeah, you're just. It's, well, you're like, sometimes, come on. sometimes when the ex-wife or the ex-girlfriend or whatever moves on to somebody else in one of these movies, it doesn't make much sense. Like, sometimes you go, uh, for example, you got this one movie where, like, the ex-wife divorces the husband because of who he is and what he does and then she goes to marry someone just like 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 in the action the the uh, action blockbuster uh, backdraft rebecca de mornay she divorces kurt russell who's a fireman and then marries another fireman it just doesn't make any sense you had so me i'm with you on that it, it was and it was. rebecca de Mor- well i can't say that rebecca Dormay. she was in uh three musketeers yeah well, kurt russell was in, a, was in a bunch of action movies um, Kurt Russell was in a bunch of action movies. Jason Gedrick's in it. He was Iron Eagle. Yeah. So that doesn't just because they were in an action movie doesn't make it an action movie, sir. No, no, the action is what makes it an action movie. All the explosions and fire and the fights. Fire and, and everything. Ooh, the building's Explosion. on fire. Explosions have to have like rocket launchers involved. No, they don't. Why not? Because that's what's that's action y. No, Oops, I I, no any anything exploding is an act that's an action movie there's suspense there's action in it mm. there's fight scenes with axes that no you're gonna no, no that, that's oh, an action that, movie um that's an action movie so uh blown away was an action movie because there was explosives involved there was explosives yeah. in this they were the guy rigs the explosions to occur that's yeah, what but they were, they were more like explosion. They were fire bombs that started a fire and then everything got hot actually, enough it, to explode. It, it didn't even start to fire. They actually were designed to the fire went out. And eh, never mind. You need to watch it. Anyway, so yeah. in this movie, he goes out and he he's he's fighting all the bad guys, but he's trying to win Julie back, and she finds out that, you know, he's really, really messed up still. She realizes he lives in this place. She doesn't have a full feel of what his face looks like at this point or anything, but she, no, she see hasn't the, seen the, the mask no. bubbling and stuff. So she knows there's an issue, but while he's with her at the fair, he sees this bit where they have a, um, um, a freak show going on. Yeah. And the guy's like five bucks, come look at this freak, whatever. So he starts to have a meltdown in the, the foundry that he's in basically. And this, so I'll, I'll play a clip kind of the, madness that he's going through at this point. That's a good way to put it. What am I? Some kind of a circus freak? Is that it? Is that it? Some kind of a freak? Maybe I should be wearing a funny little hat. Do you like it? Yeah? Yeah? See the dancing freak. Pay five bucks to see the dancing freak. 
at that point he starts freaking out. There's a cat that lives there with him. He's he's he's, he's singing to the cat. He's losing yeah. his mind. He's dancing around in circles with a funnel on his big funnel on his head. He's it's, losing his mind. It's straight up Tin Man funnel on his head. Yeah, he's and he really starts dancing issues. around at that point. Uh, yeah, he he's so got some issues. That's the psychosis part. So one of the little things we've kind of glazed over here is he's taking out Durant's crew and causing a lot of dissension because he's making masks of these guys yeah. and going out as them. So well, Polly was the one, right? Polly's first. He does. Um, Polly's well, a very Luca Brodsky looking character type. Man, of character. He is. He's got the bald head. So you always know who he is in the scene. He's got a uh, dagger tattoo. Like it's going through his skin real small. Did you notice that the mask he makes, it's on the wrong side? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you sure have to purpose. Well, that's what I was wondering is if he took a photo of him. So when he put oh, the photo in the machine, that's it, a good it point. It. Yeah. Cause you know, you normally, if you see something flipped in a movie, it's because they, they did the negative the opposite way. And that's a common like error that happens in movies. Like someone's yep. the mole on their face will flip once in a while. But, uh, so mole, mole, he, mole. he kills Paulie using a face mask, but we didn't get a drop for this, but my favorite kill is when he kills Rick, Sam Raimi's brother. And he captures Rick and like tortures him by taking him into the sewer, going up to a manhole and starts waving the dude's head around like the whole upper torso as cars are coming by drops him back down. And Rick finally like spills the beans, like, you know, tells him everything he needs to know about Durant, the money drops, all this stuff. And he goes, Hey man, I told you everything. And then, uh, Liam Neeson, you know, dark man goes, yeah, but let's pretend you didn't and stuffs him back up through the manhole as a truck comes running through and runs over his whole upper torso. I love that scene. I had to look at Anthony when that scene came on and his eyes and mouth were open. Like he's very rubber dummy looking as far as the Sam Raimi. Very much so. Yeah. Although good. I mean, when you think about it, they did a really well, like likeness of Ted Raimi. You know, you could definitely you know, tell you it's know, him. You know, that's who it's supposed to be. Yeah. But it's like, there's like his head's not moving. Every time the, the torso moves, the head goes the same direction. So it's very mannequin ish. And then the truck, there's no blood really in this movie. No, not really. No, there's really not. Durant takes fingers. There's no blood from you don't the fingers. Ever see that. You don't ever. Um, you see one scene where he's got a collection of the fingers, but they're all they're like dried stuff. out. Yeah. yeah, he always takes the fingers. Like he took the the lab assistant's fingers. He did. Now that's a. I guess that's kind of a point. Is he didn't take Westlake's because he had burnt his fingers, mm-hmm. so there was nothing to take. Now, this is strictly theory. And again, I've been a fan of this movie for a very, very long time. And this isn't in IMDb. This isn't on a lot of things is again, I got to pick the right word. Durant comes off very homoerotic in this movie. He's always taking fingers. There is a slight relationship you pick up between him and Rick is he's very worried about Rick dis- where Rick disappears to. He gets super mad at Polly because he was he gets like a plane ticket that Darkman set up 
um, for them to run away together. And he gets super mad. And then Eddie Black makes a comment of, I guess I'll chop all your junk off, but you may get a kick out of that. There is a very faint underlying, and the more you watch it, Dan's looking at me because he's only watched it twice. Yeah, I didn't pick up on any of that. Watch the movie. I didn't either at first till I read one of the articles that talk about this. And when you do kind of go back through, it's it's not blatant. It's not like directly in your face, but there's subtleties where you're like, damn, I kind of have to look at this a little bit different. But they're there. I mean, if you watch it with that in mind, it's in there. Hmm. Very subtle. Very yeah, subtle. I didn't, I didn't pick up on any of that. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, I've only seen it twice. You've seen it twice. I watch it yearly. Yeah. I watch all three of them yearly. So this is, I love the movie. The, the thing. So a couple of things in dark man that once he's taking care of Durant and he's now going after the main bad guy because he's got Julie. Julie. He, Yes, Julie. They <laughs> they go. God, so they go. They go to this high rise as part of this this city complex that this guy's building. Very Batman. And they're up there um, fighting on it, and that's when this the the main bad guy starts to lose his mind, kind of, and getting real over the top. And Julie finally sees his face and everything, and she, you know, he he says like, "Who's the real monster?" You know, kind of thing, and. This is classic villain monologuing as oh, well. Oh, he monologues oh, very badly. And then he gosh. starts shooting. Then he starts shooting a hot rivet gun from his crotch again uh, at Darkman, trying to hit him and, and knock him off of this. Kills his own order. henchman, too, that's holding on to Julie. Yeah, you don't care about that guy. He, he pops that dude real quick. So awesome. as he, he finally starts to get ready to fall off the, the girder, Darkman grabs him and he's like, you can't like, you know, very, very classic hench, uh, bad guy. You can't let go of me. It's not in your nature. It's not what you do. You're not a killer. Blah, blah, blah. And Dark Man, this last 10 minutes of the movie um, is really, see, I kind of need to see the second, third one now, because this to me is where the whole movie is origin story about until about the 10 minute mark, because he makes this comment. And, and drops him and drops him at this drops point and kills him so along with that and then the very last line of the movie you finally get the fact that he now realizes who he is he's not peyton anymore no he's not going to be the scientist he's not going to win the you know, the love of jewel even though he helps her down down the tower and she kind of tries to love she, she wants to yeah, she, she's, she's like, trying hey, gonna, to we, we got this and he's like eh, i'm i'm I look like a burnt up weenie roast, you know? So the whole thing. So, you know, as he gets, as they get back down, the lights of the city come back up. It's daytime. Now he, she's finally like, she's trying to, to make it work. And he goes to dip out and they're in a busy street. Now of all this stuff. It's my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. And because she gets ready to leave and he has this whole, monologue uh this voiceover monologue that he does yeah which i'll play for you but the the she's looking for him can't find him she's trying to find anyone with like a dark suit on is it you is it you is it you and it's not him and it finally shows someone looks like they're putting a face on you're kind of fixing a mask or whatever and turns around and it's bruce campbell 
I love it. A very young Bruce Campbell. My, oh, my super you. young, super young. Um, and it's Bruce Campbell, and you're just, and he's got this very Bruce Campbell shitty grin look on his face too, which he, is he's, awesome. He's kind of bringing his hand down over his face, like kind of revealing that it's not him. Now I'll fill you in here in a little bit once you're done on yeah. that ending. Yeah. So that's that part is super fabulous to me. Uh, but this is the VO monologue that he does at this point. I'm everyone and no one. Everywhere. Nowhere. Call me Darkman. Batman. Yeah, well, at that point, from, from the I can live with stuff now and Darkman, he has now fully embraced the anti-hero persona yeah. that he is. If it would have been that... I would really, I really dig that aesthetic. So the ending of that, particularly with Bruce Campbell was Sam Raimi's original intent was the next movie to be Bruce Campbell starring in it. He, 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 he figured when he was filming it, like this movie's going to solidify my choices. I want Bruce Campbell being the face of Peyton Westlake later. So that's kind of why they even show that he changed like into he's, pulling the ma- he's pulling the mask on yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that was Sam Raimi's original intent. Unfortunately, it did only turn into a cameo. Fortunately, the other sequels took over by Arnold Vosloo, which was the mummy from the Brendan Fraser series. Um, he's also in hard target, probably one of my favorite roles he's done as well as the dark man's and he kills it. So turning back on what you said that you need to see the sequels, the sequels don't tell you nothing, nothing about the backstory. <laughs> well, no, no, you, you pretty much pick up. So uh, being that we're probably not going to do actually, those. I'm okay with not knowing the backstory at that point, because I've got all the backstory in the first movie. I've got all the origin story that I really needed. Now I want him to just, I, now I just want to see him being a faceless force of vengeance kind of thing <sighs> is kind of what I want to see at that point. Because that last 10 minutes, he's like, I'm not a scientist anymore. I'm not going to be loved by this person. Now I'm dark man. And you're uh, like, cool. Now we just want to go out and just F people up. Not really. So uh, yeah. I'm just, just going to stop you right there. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save what I, was... I assume by the Popeye look on your face. When <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> I'm sitting here going, mm, that's nothing like what the sequels do while they're, they are awesome. And I love them. That's not where it goes. Um, and I'll, the thought I was going to have, I'll actually save for the body count because that fits. So essentially in, what you're telling me right now is I never have to watch any of these movies again. Not for the show, but for no. fun that you ought to, I mean, nah, nah, the I'm version good. I bought, I bought all three and here's a, th- I'm going to, I swear. But it sounds I to think, me like I'm not even going to like the other two because it's not going to give me what I want. Arnold Vosloo is awesome. In a well, that's fine. He can, he can do good, but it's not the story that I want. I don't care um, at that point. I want him to just be a faceless, you know, form of, of vengeance and, so I'm going to keep repeating this one thing, and I know I've said it in several, is, so I have these on DVD, and they're not, like, super great quality, but they, they're awesome on DVD. I tried to watch them in my Xbox, and my Xbox said no. It just said no, no, no. So I actually rented this on Amazon, just like you did, and it's obviously in HD. Mm-hmm. Man, you lose so much when you watch this movie in HD. You lose the grit and the darkness that this movie had on VHS and the earlier copies, because there's a whole alley scene 
when um, he's finding all of the outfits. It's wet. Oh, it's yeah. rainy. Yep. It's too. It's it's too clear. It it, it feels like he's on a set. And I, I'm so distracted because now I can see every puddle and every brick in the wall. And that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus because when it was filmed, it was very much to keep dark man in your, is your focus. Everything else was supposed to just be kind of grain and lost in the background. And I'm watching this in high def going, I wish I was watching this on VHS right now. I wish there was an option. Give me high def, but go, do you want to see it kind of grainy? Click here. You want to watch it super clear? We fix everything? Click here. Because I want to click the grainy part on these well, movies, it's, man. It's like listening to albums. You know? Yeah. Obviously, a DVD copy is super clear and, and, and sounds right unless of course they've produced it a certain way and to make it sound and there's there's differences on that but but but, you know like if you listen to uh, uh, for example the beatles white album if you listen to it on vinyl on an original even the newer vinyl still has depth of sound to it because of the medium itself but if you listen to an old school vinyl album and you've got the you know clicks and pops and and all the noises and stuff as you're listening to it, that is very different than listening to a DVD. Are you channeling Nicolas Cage in The Rock right now? No. Because that's what he's listening to, and he makes that exact same. Carla would never approve. That's why I had it sent to the office. It's the Beatles' White Album, and he got an original pressing delivered to the office, and the other guy's like, just buy the CD for like nine ninety nine, and he goes, "You lose something in the CDs, man." You do. It, you absolutely do, though. No, I, I, I think I've only seen maybe The Rock once all the way through. And uh, later, when the, the the office bomb doesn't go off, they send him home early, and he's sitting there listening to the White Album. Anyway, it was just funny. You picked the White Album as your one to suggest, and I went The Rock, oh, Nicholas yeah. Cage. Yeah, I just that's one of the albums that. I think well actually I think any of the classic Beatle albums lose something in the translation over to a digital remastered copy from the original pressings because I don't like I don't like when the I first anyway. li- when I first listened to the Beatles it was on original vinyl pressings or reel to reel even um so then listening them over to to them on a on a clean classic fresh crisp digital copy is just there's something to it it just loses translation aside um, from like a handful of songs i never got into the beatles yeah i know i i don't understand you um you think but, backdraft is an action movie so that explains everything yeah but it is it's not if you go to imdb and look it up it's like uh, an action movie because what else do they put romantic comedy i don't know no it's not that that's for sure well, you, also don't, you also don't think that Top Gun's an action movie. It's not. But Iron Eagle is. Yes. How? What's the difference? Action. There, there's no action in Iron and and Top Gun. It what like 15 minutes of what? jet play? It's a love story between him and Val Kilmer the entire time. You're so impressed. So, if you look How dare at you, sir, if you look at backdraft, it, it says action, crime, drama. First thing, action. Somebody slipped with the key thing because I have always called backdraft a crime drama. Well, yeah, drama. It's an action movie. 
Yeah, all all action movies are is drama with worse acting and a lot more explosions. We'll take a poll. Yeah. So that is cry. that. Do what? I said you can't cry when you lose. We're I, gonna cry take when a I, back, I cry when I watch Backdraft. There. Well, yeah. I take that back. There's probably some action movies I cry at the end of. Yeah. Backdraft. So you get teary eyed when Goose dies and, and Top Gun. Heck no, I'm cheering half the time of the two times I've watched Top Gun. Yeah, you got issues. So, Dark Man, do you want to do the body count? I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to talk about Dark Man because we didn't talk about him killing all the Hinchies, how he had a trench coat under a trench coat when he killed Smiley, okay, which was you hilarious. A, you want to talk about a Hinchy real quick on Dark Man? What famous Hinchy is in <laughs> Professor Sub-Zero. That is correct, sir. Oh, man. It's such a small role, but he's such a big dude, you can't miss him. Professor Toru Tanaka, Tanaka. is Chinese warrior number two when he goes to Chinatown. Uh, Darkman is uh, wearing the face of Durant. Uh, Durant and goes to Chinatown, and Professor Tanaka is there. That is a great scene, too. Uh, because they're, he's going to collect from the Asian part of town. Well, they're going to Chinatown. They say Chinatown. And yeah. they're like, we don't have money to pay you. Do they actually ever say where this takes place? What city? Or is it just supposed to be city? I think it's, I think Raimi actually did it very kind of Gotham like where it's, it's just city. not it, a real place. It's right. just the city. Could, because it's got a lot of L.A. and San Francisco both kind of feels to yeah, it. Yeah, there's so a harbor. It's supposed to be city. There's <laughs> also like a very New York kind of vibe whenever you go like in the alleyways and the, you know, the subway, stuff like that. Yeah, it does. You're right. Um, So that whole scene, since we're talking about Professor Takanura, um, he is being strong. He is being strong armed by the Asian gang. And it's Peyton wearing this Durant mask. So he's trying to act like Durant. So obviously he tries to mimic their voices. Kinda. They he they does, do play it. Well, they, they use the regular actor's voice. Well, that is. Mask. They're not rubber masks. They are the actor. But yeah. they're, again, the range these guys have. Play you, but not you. Um, When he does Polly, I love when he does Polly. So he's trying to figure out how to be a badass and not look like a weakling amongst his own henchmen that are like staring at him. Like you going to let this guy talk to you. So he pulls out a cigar and he pulls out his cutter. So obviously we're already going, okay, the cutter's out. Is he going to actually try and cut someone's finger off? He walks around and sits down at the main Asian dude's desk. And he goes, you have until the time I finish this cigar to come up with the money that we're owed and pulls the cigar in and cuts it down to like an inch and a half and then lights it and then holds the lighter under his own hand because it's the fake skin for like a solid 30 he seconds. Could, he couldn't feel real pain anyway, so it wouldn't make a yeah, difference. He couldn't feel pain. It was the fake skin. Like even his own henchmen are like, holy shit, boss. And this Asian dude's like, uh, we'll get you the money right now. You know, just very like, okay, yep, yeah, we'll make, We'll take care of this. Again, just, A, it's Larry Drake playing 
Westlake playing Durant, which I think is fantastic. Um, and then I love my trench coat and trench coat because he, he is wearing Smiley's face and he's killing other guys. And he, the Smiley thinks he kills Westlake because he's wearing uh, Peyton's real face, pulls it off, and it's one of the other henchmen with his duct tape mouth under the mask. And then he turns around and he's staring at himself, which is just freaking hilarious. And as soon as he's done with that, you see him pull the disguise off. So he takes off this brown long coat, and there's a black trench coat right underneath it as he takes off running through the warehouse. Isn't so, it, it? It's Rudy in it, the one he ends up uh, killing and putting the face on. The Hispanic guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it's Rudy. Yeah, he's he's kind of like, well, once Rick is killed, he's like number two. Cause he's yeah. the one that throws Polly out the window. He's doing the money drops and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah. So he, he puts a mask on him with duct tape showing through the mouth, but smiley shoots him. But that scene where smiley's looking at himself is just creepy as all get out too. Cause the dude already has like this creepy wide eyed look. So they do that like double screen with the mirror where you mm-hmm. can, see each other and Westlake's version of him is even more insane like Jokerish and uh does he like choke him out or like grab him by the head or something and pop I his head it's off screen he does, he does something to him I can't really like chokes him or something yeah like he does it off screen but the very mm-hmm. next scene is you see like the brown coat go flying and Peyton's running with a black trench coat on wearing him. his his dark man coat <laughs> yep. yeah. I love it I love it okay I'm done talking about the movie go watch it it's uh, if you I can't, haven't if, if you haven't seen it, see it. Yes. If you if haven't you, seen it, see it. If you have seen it, you know whether you like it or not. That's yeah. how that's kind of how divisive this movie is. Yeah, and like I you said, you will I'm, like I, it or not. That's I really seen how it, it in goes. so long that you know, watching it again, I was a hundred percent down for. Let's well, let's do body count and then we will go into the, the ratings yeah. and talk about it. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, Charlie, what is the body count of Darkman? Okay. So I always try to find a little something extra other than just telling everybody the numbers. So. The number for this, this movie, Darkman, is 39, but there's an asterisk. It's technically 38, because in Darkman 2, The Return of Durant, Durant didn't die. He is in a coma in the second movie and just comes back to life, starts going back to crime, and starts hunting down Darkman. Well, that's what happened. So I was going to bounce him off of a, uh, uh, an underpass in a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. So dude's in a helicopter blows up yet wakes up from a coma, no scars, no damage. Just, Oh, I'm awake now. I do crime. That's and dark man too. Isn't that kind of what Seagal did in that one movie? Don't say his name. I just got him out of the shop. That's kind of what he did. I'm just, I, I'll send you more YouTube videos of him singing. Oh my God, dude. I love that drum. Dude. Drum shot. So good. 
we we you promised. <laughs> All right. So, so well, it's it's thirty eight is our body count with an asterisk because Durant comes back. He does die in the second one, which is why it's uh the dark third dark man is die dark man die. Okay. There you go. That's the body count. Now let's get into the world famous Alion segment. Yes. Uh, one to five Aliongs. You know what? Someone had mentioned to me that we should change it to a one to ten Aliong system, so we have a little more leeway and wiggle room in there for nuances of movies. I could see that, but I also feel like it's. I can gonna... do, I, I I can do it, but I can't do it now because I haven't started thinking about that. I'm still I, I don't the five know if I system. I don't know if I want to do ten though because I feel like it's just things are just going to get lost when you start going. It's seven and three quarter or no? I like the five because I think it really makes me choose. You're hung up on well, if this movie is a four and a half, this other movie that I like, I don't like it near as much. Can't be a four and a half. I think there's levels of four and a half, which is why I'll give movies multiple ratings yeah yeah it's four and a half or four and a half four and a half is its own level yeah but there's still a movie that i can feel like yeah i feel like this is definitely more than four and it's not quite five so it's four and a half but if i have if i have five movies that are four and a half there's probably a movie in those that i prefer over the other four therefore there is a tier that's all right you can have four and a half you can have your favorite of the four and a half that's why i don't mind the five because i feel like there's there's subcategories there's i mean i have more than one five and more than one four and a half and more than one fours and stuff like that too but when it come break when i break down to going um say uh you know kung fu movie versus kung fu movie if this one I like over here is a four and a five, four, uh, four, uh, four point five rather, four and a half, and this one over here isn't nearly, I don't like it nearly as much as this other one. Then it's got to be under four and a half at that point. If I like them equally, then it can be a four and a half as well. But see, we can. I, all, vote them. I think we can still break it down into quarters. I think we can do like four point two five, four and a half. I guess four. you can if you want to. Yeah, we never really specified that. So I guess we've you could. D- we we've done the halves. We've done some halves. Yeah, we've done halves. We've so, have we done quarters. I want to say we did early on that we we you said we could. You, I don't you, think we've done it yet. You need to go back and start listening to all the all the Aliongs so we can start keeping a running. Page I do somewhere. listen to our sure show. You need to go back those live. Well, I know, but you need to go back and listen to each one of them so you can we can make a whole thing and make a running. Uh, all right, I will list. start a I will start a list because there are a few other podcasts I listen to that they actually they they try to figure out their lowest ranked movie, which yeah. is kind of funny. So I will do that. I will start going back through and list our yeah, Alley-ons. just so we can list them on there because I can't remember where everything's been where everything's we'll do been that. listed at. I'll make an Excel sheet. Let's there do you that. You know how to do that? No. Okay, so have Jackie do that for you. <laughs> uh, that's exactly um, right. Yeah, I know. All right, so what would you give? You want me to go first? Uh, yeah, go ahead. You can go first if you want to. Or I can go first. You've got a beverage in your hand. Go ahead. Um, okay, so with Darkman, again, I don't, I don't remember watching it as a kid. I don't have, I don't remember having any kind of strong ties to it from no. when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, I know I had seen it. I know it's a Raimi, you know, I, I know all those things about it. I remember the noir look of him, which I really like that aesthetic, mm. you know, very dark wing duck. I'm into it. So I was cool with watching this again. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll watch this. And I'm watching it. And half the time I'm watching it, I'm trying to, 
watch it objectively mm-hmm. you know to do a podcast about an objective uh, perspective yeah. of the movie and i'm going wow he's overacting she's overacting that graphic is insane that's kind of dumb the way they did that the writing's not very good that looks like a rubber mask x y and z as i'm watching it and i'm getting to about three quarters of the way through the movie and going this is really kind of crap and then i go wait a minute this is Raimi. i know this is what Raimi does all right so let me reevaluate watching this knowing this is like i like kevin smith stuff i know a lot of people think kevin smith stuff is crap i get that so that's when i started backing up going okay let me watch this in a different mindset now a different mindset of this is Raimi making a semi over the top comic book movie yeah. with a very dark thread throughout and i started watching it and i come to the conclusion that it's obviously a cult classic i get it it made pretty good money when it came out about three i made about three times its money so that's pretty good and then i'm watching it going if this wasn't Raimi, this movie would have got hammered if it wasn't a Raimi movie it would still be considered crap today, I think, because of all the 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 way it's put together. But if you look at it, you know, like I said, the overacting worked because of the way it was edited. The really kind of goofy when he has his mental flip outs, his the goofy imagery and stuff that happens to it, it works because of the overacting. So it all kind of works together. So as I'm watching it, I go, this is not done very well. Uh, You know, some of the schlocky bits of it, I would sit back and go, if this was anything else, it would be ridiculous. But because I know what he was going for, how he put it together, he put, he took ridiculous elements and combined them together to make a movie that if you have not seen it, I recommend you see it. Absolutely recommend you see it because there's movies out there that I like that others don't like. I get that. Like the shadow. I like the shadow. It's not I, very I good. I enjoy the shadow. Yeah. It's not a very good movie. It's really at the not. end of the day. I no. enjoy it. The phantom again, I enjoy not the a very, not a very good movie, but I enjoy it. Love me some Billy Zane, you know, uh, the action classic backdraft fabulous movie love it some people don't i get it i get all that so when you put it all together and you watch it i'm giving dark man a three uh three alleyong rating that's pretty high that's higher than i thought you were going to give it well like i said i don't think it was horrible i think for what it was supposed to be i think he achieved what he wanted to achieve making the movie I think his vision and his creativity came across in what he was trying to produce. I think enough of Sam Raimi made it through. Now, if you read some of his interviews, he feels like he left a lot on the table. Well, the Coens helped him do some doctoring. They're in the movie, by the way. Yeah, the Coens are in it. And so Um, is John Landis. John Landis is actually in it. So that's his, that's like... When you try to figure out how Raimi landed something like this. That's his, that's his uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon uh, uh, in the film like Kevin does. That, that's you your know, Kevin Smith yeah. eye right there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, I, when I watch this movie, 
A, I'm going to, you know, I, I weigh heavy on the nostalgia because sure. when, when I, I watch... I I, and I don't have that connection. No, so I and can't that's, pump it. that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. But when I watch this movie, I'm immediately transported back to being about 13 years old watching it again. I, I, I have a grin on my face in all the over-the-top... I call his like mental breakdowns like the Willy Wonka um, there's scenes. Some, there's some Wonka to that, yeah. You know, like when that. they go through the tunnel, that's exactly kind of how he looks like the the visuals. And I think I appreciate it more because Raimi always does that all the way through his movies. I mean, the most iconic one that I can ever remember of his recent is Spider Man Two when they're trying to remove Doc Ock's arms off of his back and the arms come to life, if that's not Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, and Dark Man all rolled up into a scene. Well, look what happens when um, Goblin starts oh, having he, his middle breakdown. When, when, he loses, yeah. when he loses his mind. Yeah. So I don't look at this Very as... Rainy us overacting per se i look at it as Raimi told neeson this is what your character's going through imagine no feeling not there's no cork on the bottle everything kind of bubbles up to the surface and that's what we got we got neeson with zero inhibition on how he was going to act and i have to even imagine Raimi's like more now turn it up yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah more yeah. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say that. Like he got, he got everything Neeson wanted to give him, and then Ramey said, "Turn it up to ten. Yeah, like yeah. I, I oh, can yeah. fully see that hundred percent. I don't see the rubber mask thought on this because this movie probably is. I know I'm sure I looked at some Fangoria's when I was younger because they were and on probably the for ninety. Right? It's probably pretty damn good, dude. This was this was cutting edge stuff in ninety. To actually to be on the cover of Fangoria, you had to be doing something others weren't, or you had to be a character like Freddy or Jason or something like that. Like Total Recall was considered the goriest movie of 1990, and they're not really wrong. If you look at what they actually do as far as the gore in Total Recall, it's gory as hell. So. Evil or not, not evil. Uh, Dark Man is not gory, but made it on the cover of Fangoria with mm-hmm. the unbandaged face. That image is burned in my brain. I I will see that till the day I die because I keep watching the movie. But I, I know I like I almost bought the magazine as I was trying to remember what number it was. Like I knew it was <laughs> Fangoria, but I couldn't remember the number. And I think I can buy it for like ten bucks. I'm like, it's going to be the best $10 because it's also got RoboCop 2 in it. Um, I, I love everything on this movie. It was a, it was a superhero. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about something that's not a lot of people are bringing up. Some people are, we are in an age when being a nerd is cool. Everyone wants to be a nerd or a geek or comic book fan. When I was a kid, the majority of people looked at you weird because you read comic books. Oh, you read those comics. Oh, who cares about comics? Like there was only a handful of kids that even wore like Batman shirts before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And I read comic books. I love comic books to death. I'm, I'm reading everything I can on a comic book character that I didn't even have a book about. And it was dark. It was just this 
edge that I never knew at 10 or 11. And I loved it. And there were, well, there weren't kids my age talking about Darkman. This Darkman wasn't on the place, you know, the playground. I feel like Darkman was made for me and my demographic, yet we were too young to go to the theater and watch it at the time. It was what every 10-year-old probably should have loved and seen that read comic books, but we weren't allowed to go watch it till we were, what, four or five more years later when we were in our 15s and 16s and we could rent it. So I feel like a movie like that had come out a little bit later. It probably would have been a lot more popular than it actually did in it because it kind of came and then disappeared. Fun fact, the sequel, Darkman 2, is the very first direct-to-video movie, live-action movie, that Universal put out. It was the first direct-to-VHS movie. That makes sense, yeah. It does when you look back. At the time, it was unheard of that it didn't go to theater. They were like, no, just put it on VHS. You know, just get it out Here's the thing, though, is I I was the age when it came out. I'm four years older than you. Yeah, but you didn't go watch it. No, but that's my point. Is you're saying that if it would have came out when your age was 14, it would have been more popular. It wasn't. I was your. I was that age when it came out, and it wasn't that popular. I'm, it wasn't p- t- early teens, 13, 14, 15, 16s. None of us watched Darkman. None of the people I knew ever watched Darkman in the theater. We didn't go see that. I think it wasn't what we wanted to see. It was. I think it was supposed to be for more young, t- uh, early 20s characters. So. And so it just didn't it didn't catch. You're you're kind of you're confirming what I'm saying. It was made for my generation's younger age. It missed you guys. It didn't click with you guys. But as it got more popular, like the people that I have, like Sludge and all these other guys that when we've you know, Nate, all these guys that I've talked to that like Darkman are on the younger spectrum than the older ones of when this one came out. So yeah, the, the 14-year-olds of when it came out weren't interested. No. But the ones, the next, like, four or five-year generation, that's what this movie, I feel like, it would ended have up being clicked a better. Cult, it ended up being a cult classic. Oh, it totally is. It, and it's it, my age group. Even yeah. now, you're like, it's good, it's, it's crap, but it's good. I can appreciate what it is. I'm a fan of this movie, though. I'm the... I love this movie. I think everyone should watch it. I enjoy watching it multiple times. I haven't even said my rating yet. I'm just kind of going off on a thing here, but that's kind of what I was saying is your generation had the opportunity to go watch it in theater, but because there was no like lead up to it, you, you didn't know what you were going to see other than the trailers. My generation was, we had then gotten the comic out in 1990. So the movie had come out and probably, I think it was running for a month. The comic, I think it's a four issue series came out. So my generation now can see a comic and go, oh, I can read it and I can't watch it yet. Give it a little bit longer. We see uh, Fangoria, which was huge around my age. We all loved Fangoria when we found it. Had this movie come out a little bit later where we could have gone to the movies by ourselves, I think it would have hit a little bit. I could be wrong. That's just kind of how I look at it. I feel like that he was too early for a generation that would have probably made this movie like 60, 70 million 
Yeah. And, you know, but well, like uh, I said, I mean, it still it still made its money back, and then twice it did as much, it, and it then did, it got it, it got yeah. sequels. It got two it, sequels. Yeah. yeah. It, but so I mean, it, like I said, it did box office wise. It made Universal money. It did. Uh, you know, and it got him Spider Man one, two, and three. <laughs> but it it did it it just it did just it did just enough. You know, it was okay, but you're not going to do another one type thing. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. It was. You made money, but it wasn't good enough for us to throw more big. It's what it didn't blockbuster. You didn't Spielberg it. You didn't Lucas it. You right. didn't do anything. Right. It didn't turn. It so, didn't turn into a blockbuster. Uh, my rating, you know, it's like you couldn't figure it out. Four across the board. It it hundred percent four. Could make an argument for a higher one, but I do agree some of it has aged not so well. Julie, you know, that drives you freaking nuts the entire time in the movie when he screams Julie's name. Um, and I didn't like her. I really didn't care for her character at all in the movie. Um, but I give it a four. It's four Allianz for me all day long. It's in my rotation. It's in my collection. I have the comics. I have dark man stuff. So that's me. There you go. All right. Let me, let me do this. We didn't even talk about the music being a almost direct, uh, play on Batman. It's Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman, of course. Yeah, so it's almost a direct play on Batman, honestly. I'm telling you, man, There, that was the other thing that we didn't really talk about, even though we've made the connection, is a lot of people thought this was a Batman ripoff. You know how when we get DVDs that come out when a major blockbuster comes out now, and it's like mm-hmm. this direct-to-video crap fest, you know, you know, like uh, the Meg came out, and then all of a sudden there was a thousand shark movies at Walmart. I feel like that's what a lot of people thought Darkman was. Yeah. Batman came out, so this is another company trying to cash in on the bat, you know, and that's actually what a lot of them said that he was trying to cash in on the bat. Yeah, Darkman ended up being um it, it made it made enough money. It made enough money, but again, it was not Batman I think Batman blew everything away, you know. Yeah, I think arguably you have to say that that is what changed the nerd generation into being the okay to be a nerd generation. It changed the movie aspect. It I still remember because you also got to remember, this is the beginning but of the only nine. Batman, but only Batman. I was going to say, like, I could go to the comic book store and all the Batmans were sold out, but you could still get all your fantastic fours and, and daredevils and everything. This else. was the beginning of the nineties age of comics where things were mm-hmm. printed to oblivion Everyone was trying something different. Um, it's not the greatest generation of comics by far. I, I love them because that's how I grew. That's what I grew up with. But uh, no, Batman fever was huge. I mean, it gave us four Batman movies, even if we have to count the last one. There were yeah. Batman toys everywhere every yeah, it, year. It was it was a completely different ballgame. And it gave us Bat Dance. Thank you, Prince. Yeah, love Prince. All right, so as we wrap things up, we, we want to give a shout out, obviously, to our friends over at Sludgecast. 
uh check out sludge and what they are producing there uh if it has anything to do with monster movies or creature features sludge cast will or have probably already covered it yeah uh we want to give a quick shout out to good beer bad movie podcast i'm sorry night. good beer bad movie night podcast there you go you got there it you go. i got you pete um uh, we want to uh, out there they just did what um uh, was a death machine he just shared the clip on death machine the that clip on death machine i had not seen apparently there were several of us that hadn't seen it and man you want to talk about a movie that james cameron watched before he did terminator <laughs> straight up i want to find Actually, it now when i watched it i vaguely remember seeing it at a drive-in it's more than I remember. Uh, I want to say it was like, it was, it was one of those ones where it was like a second feature. Like we watched something else first that was more geared toward like a Superman or something like that. Probably. And then they always did the off. like R rated, like B type movies later. Yeah, in the it was, it was, I think it was me and my mom and my mom's boyfriend at the time in the back of his SS. I think I fell asleep watching vaguely remember that i just know it had to be obscure because on the post uh mutual friend of mine and pete's uh christopher page he does uh another podcast that does a lot more of the older movies you know not your normal like run-of-the-mill ones Mm -hmm. great podcast um even he goes how did i miss this movie in my vhs rentals back in the day and yeah. I was like, I was like, same man, same. How did I not watch a movie called Death Machine? Like I said, I vaguely remembered snippets, kind of thing of yeah. it. Um, we want to thank Poster Smash. You can check out their stuff over on Instagram, and they also post stuff in our group. Yep. Uh, we want to say uh, thank you for the Ultimate Action Movie Club. Uh, Charlie does some work for them. Check those guys out as well. Uh, thank you to the Mountain Empire Comics stores in Johnson City and Bristol, Tennessee, respectively. Check them out on Facebook. Also, you can send us anything on email to gmbmampod at gmail.com. You can uh, check out the Instagram, which yes. Charlie is. Uh, I am active to, on it. Uh, act I post a lot of stuff. And then also, and most importantly, the facebook and facebook group if you get on facebook find the page but then find the group the group is so much more interactive a lot more people are talking and sharing and being a part of the the whole group at that point that's why it's called a group yeah but make sure you check that out because that's really you know where the conversation goes like you know how many of you think backdraft is qualified as an action movie who thinks top gun is an action movie negative who five. has seen who has seen evil dead and really loves it who hasn't seen it in a long time these are the things that we like to get the conversation going in the facebook group so yep. make sure you check that out as there, well it's active all of our members post quite a bit i mean mm-hmm. every day there's something new uh, the page is mostly just for promoting the podcast and every once in a while I'll share something to it, but there is a, there's a link that you click on there. It's a little button Facebook puts on there to join the group. Um, pretty much gets you right in there. Yeah. Um, the group is the groups where you need to be. Uh, also make sure you, uh, like subscribe and, and if you can comment on the show's pages on Podbean and Apple podcasts. So if you're on Apple podcasts, yep. you do it there. The analytics, and that system really 
mean more i guess than some other platforms for some weird reason i have no idea about apple's also going through this whole thing now there's also a whole bunch of new stuff happening i need to talk to you about by the way with green room and all kinds of other stuff happening yay yeah it's it's basically a new live broadcasting system that can be turned into podcasts i'm still no one wants to hear us live right now well, this one's going to pretty much be live. So <laughs> you're right. There's not a lot of editing that we do in these. Pretty much what you yeah. hear is where we're it's at. Pretty much what you get. So yeah. this one's going up. You know, pretty uh, not a lot of editing on this one. So shouldn't be. Nope. Beyond that, man. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything else. I mean, in two weeks we will drop another episode. Yep. We have not talked about what it is yet. Nope. We don't have a list anymore. Uh, we we kind of went up to six with a I list think, i think so yeah kind of and we have now, some plans in the future but nothing like weekly yeah we have ideas but now it's like hey what movie are we doing next week so that's why we well, haven't really announced them right right also in the group critique us if you have any good crit- ideas if you have any things that you know you're like hey why don't you give this a shot or hey uh we like the way you did this or hey we like the way yeah. you did that let us know i mean we're this is a work in progress still and you can at episode 11 you can be as mean as Pete is, so don't don't hold back. You know, Pete doesn't. You think Pete's mean on your podcast? You should hear him on my podcast. I get messages from him, sir. So, Ooh. did you hear? Did you hear the recorded message he left us a couple weeks ago? Is that the one you played at the end of the episode? He, yeah, he had a a, a a cute pet name for me. I I, I did hear it. It was kind of <laughs> hard to hear though, but yeah, yeah. I I heard. I I get my bi-weekly message from pete everyone yeah. we love you pete though He's never change trip. never change all righty so uh for me dan that's charlie everyone thanks for listening we will uh talk to you again here in a couple weeks um charlie charlie's dark man charlie i am dark man i know right you could be i don't know how long you've been wearing that, f- yeah, that face longer than 99 minutes yeah this is true you got anything else to say i'll be back I knew you'd say that.